Good morning, and welcome to another Democratic House Appropriation Committee webinar. This episode is on the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections. The Secretary of the Department of Corrections is Dr. Laurel R. Harry. Dr. Harry is a 24-year veteran of the Department of Corrections. She began her career in 1999 as a drug and alcohol treatment specialist at SCI Waynesburg. Most recently, she served as acting Western Region Deputy Secretary before becoming the Secretary of the Department. The Department of Corrections is responsible for the secure confinement, i.e. the state prison system, and reintegration, in other words, reentry and parole, of offenders who receive a state sentence. The mission of the department is to promote public safety and reduce recidivism by utilizing evidence-based practices in corrections and rehabilitation. The Department of Corrections operates state correctional institutions, or SCIs, community corrections centers, provides parole supervision of reentrance, and some limited oversight of county jails. I'd like to, at this point, offer two points of clarification for the difference between the state and the county system. State correctional institutions hold individuals sentenced to a period of confinement with a maximum sentence of more than two years. Shorter sentences are typically served in county jails. And also, the Department of Corrections supervises individuals on parole. These are individuals who have served a portion of their sentence. Individuals on probation, which is served in lieu of imprisonment or confinement, are typically supervised at the county level. Within the Department of Corrections, there are four operationally independent boards and offices. The first is the Board of Probation and Parole. The Board of Probation and Parole has the sole authority to decide which offenders will be paroled and when they will be paroled. Of course, this is subject to the stipulation that parole can only be considered after serving after the individual has served a minimum sentence set by the courts. The second is the Office of, victim, of the Victim Advocate. The Office of the Victim Advocate notifies victims of an offender's current status or release. They are there to represent the interests of crime victims before the Board of Probation and Parole and the Department of Correction. And they often coordinate with the crime victims and the department, the board, or the Pennsylvania Commission on Crime and Delinquency, or PCCD. Third is the Sexual Offenders Assessment Board. And this board conducts assessments of sexual offenders, which are required by law and upon the request from the courts. And finally, the Board of Pardons. The Board of Pardons reviews criminal cases, except impeachment, to determine whether clemency should be recommended to the governor for final approval and or denial. Pennsylvania has a distinguished reputation in penology. The Commonwealth was the birthplace of the penitentiary concept, also known at the time as the Pennsylvania system. Eastern State Penitentiary opened in 1829 on a cherry orchard outside of Philadelphia, and it was considered at the time to be the world's greatest penitentiary. Known to historians as the first true penitentiary, Eastern State operated until 1970. The Bureau of Correction was created by an act of legislature in September of 1953. And in 1984, under Act 245, the Bureau of Correction was elevated to a cabinet-level status. 
making it the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections. Finally, in 2021, Act 59 finalized the consolidation of the Department of Corrections and the Board of Probation and Parole, resulting in the system that we know of today where the Board of Probation and Parole and the Department of Corrections both operate underneath the Department of Corrections. There are currently 23 state correctional institutions in Pennsylvania and a motivational boot camp. Kehana, the motivational boot camp, is for eligible participants and contains about 400 incarcerated persons, compared to an average of 1,600 in other state correctional institutions. At its peak, from 2004 to 2012, the Department of Corrections operated 27 prisons, including the boot camp. In 2021, state correctional institutions held an average population of around 37,000 incarcerated persons, with approximately 12,000 admissions annually and 14,000 releases. Within these 23 state correctional institutions, some of them serve specialized populations. SCI Albion has a special initiative for individuals with autism. SCI Muncie serves as the Diagnostic and Classification Center for female inmates and houses female inmates and female capital cases. SCI Cambridge Springs also houses a female population. SCI Waymart houses the department's Forensic Treatment Center, a unit which houses mentally disabled male inmates who require inpatient psychiatric care and treatment. SCI Laurel Highlands has separate housing units for geriatric and terminally ill male inmates. SCI Chester offers therapeutic services to inmates with drug and alcohol histories. SCI Phoenix houses adult male inmates and capital case inmates. It also has a separate 192-bed female transitional unit that, assists, that will assist incarcerated women returning to the Philadelphia area. This unit is not currently open, but will open soon. SCI Pine Grove houses, in addition to regular adult male offenders, young adult male offenders. The fiscal year 2023-24 budget appropriated $2.89 billion to the Department of Corrections. This was a $157.8 million or 5.8% increase over fiscal year 2022-2023. The vast majority of the Department of Corrections budget, $2.2 billion, is for the state correctional institutions. Um, the next largest piece of their budget is for medical care, or three, approximately $358 million, followed by state field supervision at $173 million. State field supervision received a $15.3 million increase, and medical care received a $19.8 million increase. The Parole Board, the Board of Pardons, and the Sexual Offenders Assessment Board each received small increases. The budget also included $1.5 million in the state field supervision appropriation for the purchase of body-worn cameras. Also in this most recent budget, the appropriation for the Office of Victim Advocate was restored at $3.5 million. The line item was eliminated in the 2020-2021 and 2021-22 budgets, but received full funding through the Department of Corrections General Government Operations Appropriation. 
also noteworthy as we look at a historical um, overview of funding for the Department of Corrections is that the Board of Pardons was shifted to the Department of Corrections beginning in fiscal year 2022-2023. Um, this happened under Act 59 of 2021, the legislation that I mentioned earlier that also consolidated the Department of Corrections and the Board of, Pro Board of Probation and Parole. Also, um, looking a little bit further back, in 2020-2021, the Department of Corrections received $102 million from COVID federal monies for their medical care appropriation and $1.2 billion for state correctional institutions from, again, from federal COVID dollars. Unsurprisingly, given the large number of state correctional institutions and the personnel required to operate those institutions, the Department of Corrections has a correspondingly large complement count. In 2023, on average, the Department of Corrections employed nearly 13,000 individuals in their state correctional institutions. And this number does not include the 940 individuals who worked in medical care inside of those state correctional institutions. The next largest um, appropriation complement count was state field supervision, which 1,100 individuals were employed under. Now this includes the parole officers as well as staff uh, under general government operations. The total filled complement for the Department of Corrections in 2023 was 15,844 individuals. It is noteworthy that this number is lower than that of recent years. For example, in 2018, the Department of Corrections employed 16,729 individuals, and in 2019, they employed 16,367 individuals. This large complement means that personnel costs make up a significant portion of the department's budget. And with that said, overtime costs are also significant. And the Department of Corrections has had a difficult time during and after the pandemic filling positions, especially in the medical area. These rather large vacancy rates within the Department of Corrections have been a significant driver of overtime costs. In the next section of this presentation, I wanted to take the opportunity to review some of the programs and responsibilities and legislated responsibilities of the Department of Corrections that may not be as widely known about as their core responsibilities. This will include the First Chance Act, the Second Chance Pell Program, and their Medicated Assistant Treatment Program. The First Chance Act requires the Pennsylvania Commission on Crime and Delinquency to establish targeted grants and scholarships that will provide access to programs and education to give at-risk youths a first chance at breaking the cycle of incarceration and crime. Now these grants and scholarships are funded from DOC, Department of Corrections contracts that are over $5 million. Each Department of Corrections contract over $5 million is required to have language included to contribute at least 1% of the annual contract amount to the fund each fiscal year. In 2020-2021, the Department of Corrections had one contract, Aramark, that met this criteria. $354,000 went into this fund by June of 2022, and at least $500,000 from this contract would go in subsequent fiscal years. 
The 2023-24 budget provided $1.3 million to the Pennsylvania Commission on Crime and Delinquency or First Chance Act scholarships. The next series of programs that I'm going to discuss, including the Second Chance Pell program, fall under investments in rehabilitation made by the Department of Corrections. Through the Second Chance Pell program, eligible inmates are awarded a federal Pell grant to pursue post-secondary education with the goal of helping them to obtain family-sustaining jobs upon their release. The Second Chance Pell program was established as an experiment to determine if higher education had a notable impact on the recidivism rate. Research is still ongoing to determine the impact of this program. Funding for the Second Chance Pell Program is provided through the U.S. Department of Education Second Chance Act Award. A limited number of incarcerated individuals are awarded scholarships. Currently, three higher education institutions, Bloomsburg, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, and the Lehigh Carbon Community College, partner with state correctional institutions to administer these programs. State correctional institutions that they partner with are SCI Muncie, SCI Mahanoy, Pine Grove, Houtsdale, and Frackville. And some of the courses are Certificates in Rehabilitative Justice, an Associate of the Arts degree, an Associates in Applied Science and Business Management, and Accounting, and a Specialized Diploma in Entrepreneurship and Small Business. Another rehabilitative opportunity within the state correctional institutions are the Prison Correctional Industries Program, PCI. Prison Correctional Industries is an independent industry within the Department of Corrections that employs inmates to produce a variety of items that are available for sale to nonprofit organizations and government entities located throughout the Commonwealth. Products manufactured by inmates range from apparel and bags to workout equipment and license plates. Currently, PCI employs 1,651 state inmates at 20 different state correctional institutions. PCI does not receive funding from the general fund. Instead, PCI is a self-sustaining industry through the sale of their products and services. Finally, I'd like to discuss the Inside Out program. The Inside Out program was developed by Temple University to bring together college students and incarcerated students with the intent of facilitating informative dialogue. This program originated from the belief that when people of opposite social classes are brought together, and engage with each other as equals, there is an opportunity for these groups to, co to collectively engender solutions to social concerns. This semester-long program is held in a prison, jail, or other correctional setting. Currently, over 20 higher educational institutions collaborate with the Inside Out program throughout state correctional facilities. Finally, I'd like to discuss the role of medication-assisted treatment within the state correctional institutions. Medication-assisted treatment is an evidence-based program to treat substance use disorders, SUDs. The medications, which can include methadone, naltrexone, and buprenorphine, are given to inmates with opioid use disorders. These medications assist the individuals by curbing their cravings and allowing them to focus on reentry and rehabilitation. The medication further plays a role in a larger treatment plan designed to help the individuals manage their symptoms. In January 2017, the DOC made changes to the general population therapeutic community curriculum and the co-occurring disorders therapeutic community curriculum to provide evidence-based treatment. On March 12, 2018, the department converted six therapeutic communities, TCs, 
to opiate-specific therapeutic communities. The institutions with opiate-specific therapeutic communities are Camp Hill, Laurel Highlands, Chester, Albion, the Kehana Boot Camp, and Cambridge Springs. The last segment of this presentation deals with recent legislation that impacts the Department of Correction. Earlier in the presentation, you may have heard me mention that state field supervision received money for body cameras for the parole agents. Well, Act 53 of 2023, or House Bill 1278, not only renewed and expanded the Wiretap Act, but it also allowed for the parole officers to wear their body cameras. Act 47 of 2023 is another new law that offers a host of updated regulations for incarcerated women. Notably, it prevents pregnant women from being shackled or placed in solitary confinement. Further, male guards can no longer, no longer perform full body searches of female inmates. Act 44 of 2023 offered sweeping reforms of probation in Pennsylvania. It added probation review conferences, which are now required after two years of being on probation or upon reaching 50% of a person's probation sentence while felony probation reviews kick in after four years or upon reaching 50% of a person's probation sentence. The new, law, the new law also instructs judges to hold a presumption against confinement and send offenders back to jail only if they commit a serious violation or are, or are a threat to public safety. Finally, Acts 41 and 42 of 2023 are part of some new laws in Pennsylvania in effect for 2024 that hope to curb theft. Notably, Pennsylvania will start punishing porch pirating as a felony, imposing specific penalties for those who steal packages, mail, bags, or letters, and repeat offenders can receive increased penalties if they have prior mail theft convictions.